For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 706 on CJAD. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. Hello, Josh. Hello. This is our last show of the year. It is. We'll be back on January 26th after a, uh, a I'll say, a much-deserved time off for us both, but, you know, that's, that's subjective, I suppose. It's very kind of you to say that I work very hard. <laughs> uh, today on the program, we'll have Joe and Maria from Joe's Prop House, uh, but first, let's uh, review some uh, of the new stories of the week, and, and one story that's profiled in the, in, the, in the Gazette today about entrepreneurs, which is kind of interesting, has to do with the, the tendency for a lot of online businesses to sort of want to actually go offline, and, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, when we did a, sp a whole show on this, but it, it's becoming more and more common that so that some online retailers are saying, you know, let's time to get a time to get a brick and mortar store for maybe that le legitimacy, that visibility. Um, what's your take on on that sort of uh, that reverse trend? Well, if you read through the article, and it was about LXR, and uh, and they also referred to Frank and Oak and looking to to open up some stores, and really what happens, and the comment that that one of the owners gave was that. Is actually quite costly to drive traffic to your site to actually find enough people, enough core uh, mass to actually hit to your site because only a small percentage of them actually buy. So actually drive that that business and that traffic and that you know the pay per click and and all those all those costs that come along with it are actually quite high. Combine that with the fact that you're really trying to create a brand. Can you create a brand only online, or is it better to see, feel, touch, be visible to the people on the street. And that's where the entrepreneur, certainly of LXR, was leading to is that, you know what, online is great and you got to be present. But if you don't have that bricks and mortar store, can you really build a brand up to where it could eventually get to? It's interesting. I mean, uh, are we going to do you think we'll see uh, more and more of this this reverse trend? Because we're hearing that retailing has been struggling, right? But at the same time, you know, some more of these online retailers are, are more interested in, in going into retail. Uh, I, I absolutely think it'll be a reverse trend. Uh, how much to a degree? You know, do I think that online stores are going to go up and open 400 doors tomorrow and, and really be that big? No. I think they'll find their key locations their high traffic key locations, uh, whether it be New York City or San Francisco or Las Vegas or, or, or Paris or wherever they want to be located and get that high visibility to create their brand, but not necessarily be on every other corner and every other little town across North America. There was an interesting story recently about eBay, which is in many ways, I mean, the, the sort of founder of online business and, uh, and they're actually going into retail, setting up these stores with magic mirrors where you can sort of try on your stuff virtually. Uh, as you're in the store, so maybe maybe incorporating some of the online with the retail in a space that sort of does both uh, easily is the way things will go. That virtual kind of dressing room concept uh, is actually hasn't really hit too big, but it's something that I've heard for for a number of years, and it just hasn't caught on just yet. I don't know if people are able to visualize themselves and put that picture, see what it looks like on, but with technology as today, I think it's absolutely huge and will definitely take off at some point, even to a point where you might not have to leave home to try on clothes. Some news from the marketing industry, Quebec-based uh, marketing firm Cossette. They're responsible for so many ads that we hear both on the radio and on TV and newspapers. Uh, they've been bought by a Chinese company. Um, is this, uh, is this? I guess this is sort of a new reality, uh, a lot of foreign-owned businesses coming into Quebec. Does this uh, Is this concerning to, to, to you or to local business owners, the fact that there is more uh, influence from China here, or is, or is it just sort of 
operations as you really think. Uh, I'll, I'll take a look at it from an entrepreneurial aspect. I'll leave the social aspect behind and the, and the cultures and the mixing of cultures behind. But from an entrepreneurial aspect or a business aspect, you know, when you're running a business, yes, it's your baby. And yes, you want to kind of have it forever. But one of the goals of an entrepreneur is, well, I want to build it to the point that I can sell it make some money and move on to the next project. It's not necessarily for everybody. And I don't know if it's for Joe and Maria that we're going to talk to later, but if you're going to build it and sell it, well, then you need to find the investors that have the funds to be able to buy and are interested in your product and your service and your business. And with the amount of funds that are sitting overseas in Hong Kong and China, it's no wonder. And they have they have limited places to actually invest their money. So it's no wonder they're coming over here. I mean, we see it on grand scales, like when they're buying into the energy companies and all that. But you're definitely seeing it on some smaller scales, too. And, you know, if you're going to look at the, the, the China investment into North America and, you know, do they want to do does do Chinese as a whole culture want to control? Well, I would say, where's the money? Where's the investment? Where's the opportunity? And that's where you'll find the mix. And certainly with uh, with about a thousand employees total that that parent company, Vision 7, uh, I mean, it's making money. Right. So that's that's the day. That's that's what counts, I suppose. But it also and it also puts a foothold because the, the Chinese uh, investors understand their own market and the best way they know to understand other people's market is to partner to buy and have an existing hit the ground running if you will mm -hmm. uh also let's uh, move on to uh to real estate uh, a couple of items in the news this week uh one home sales doing better than expected well home sales certainly i think there was a report across canada that home sales were overall uh definitely up always have to kind of pare down or break it apart into segments and sectors and regions and all that. If we kind of look at just the Montreal area, it's a little bit hit and miss. Uh, I think there's some uh, some stats came out in Montreal that, that said actually overall residential sales, there's been a 1% decrease November over November, and I think the same in October. But if they look at, you kind of break that out over regions, it's like, you know, the island of Montreal did okay, and the North Shore did okay, but Laval and the South Shore were kind of hurting. So from a residential aspect, yeah, it's great to hear that overall home sales are increasing, and that's that's good for certain aspects of, aspects of the economy. But you really got to figure out where those home sales are actually rising versus dropping. Are home sales going one or the other an indicator of broader issues in the economy? Well, uh, uh, there's no question that that it's definitely an indicator. What it is an indicator of is so. I mean, there's so many different factors because. If people aren't buying homes, but yet they're renovating them, well, that's a different aspect. If they're if they're buying homes and moving, why are they moving? And are they moving to out of the out of the out of the urban communities or into the suburban or back into urban? There's so many other factors that it's it's not just a blanket. Is it better? Or is it worse? Now, granted, if the home sales are actually increasing overall, the economy should grow and it should follow its lead. But as we all know, there are peaks and valleys and cliffs for people to fall off. The real estate market in Montreal recently became balanced uh, for the first time in, in a long time. Do, do you, with this whole condo explosion, Griffin Town, it seems like we're going to get to the point where the bubble could burst because it seems like we have a lot of condos and not some not enough people to fill them. That's definitely the perception on the street, and there's no question what what uh, isn't exactly advertised very much, and I myself am not sure what the latest stats are, is where's the movement of the people? Because if people are moving more into the urban areas versus suburban areas, then as long as you have a net influx into this downtown core where all the condos are, then not a problem. Forget the overall or people selling and buying, but where exactly are they moving from or are they moving to? Uh, 
And then there's the question, of course, office space, you mm. know, because we keep talking about residential, but then there's the office space. Yep. And uh, speaking of that office space, uh, office av availability in Montreal is at a 10-year high. That can't be good. Well, th that too is, you know, you see there's not, there's not a lot of cranes for office buildings, but there is definitely there's a few out there. We certainly see that uh, the tower going up right next to the Bell Centre, that's a big office tower. But there are, there are reports that there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of vacant space going, to, if not already on the market, going to be on the market. So what does that mean for entrepreneurs? Bide your time, negotiate well. Look at your space, see what see what works, see what you need, see what you don't need. Employ a, a professional space uh, or or uh, certainly broker if that if it needs to be the case. But know your ability, the entrepreneur's ability to negotiate a decent rent coming forward. Uh, certainly, at least in the downtown core, is absolutely coming because the amount of space is huge. So, 2015 could be a, a good time to relocate potentially. Could be at least in the at least around the downtown or center of, Mon of Montreal core. Yeah. All right. Today's entrepreneur on CJAD. We'll talk to Joe and Maria from Joe's Prop House just after the break. But first, it's seven fifteen. CJAD eight hundred traffic. Here's Kira Yeager. I just got word from Transport Quebec that the accident we were dealing with on the fifteen south at Wellington in the left lane has just been cleared away. There's a lot of congestion, though, of course, as a result of that accident. So right now from Turcotte all the way out to Wellington on the 15 South toward the outbound Champlain, there's um, a good amount of congestion. You may want to avoid it. If you head for the Mercier, there's no issues over there. Uh, 20 East and West toward the Mercier as well are both working just fine. There's no more problems for the Victoria or Jacques Cartier or the La Fontaine Tunnel as well. There's a little bit of a congestion still out there on the Met eastbound, which is Decary out to around St. Laurent. And over on Decary North, a minor amount of congestion at around Cote St. Luke due to an earlier stalled vehicle. That congestion is clearing out. And if you're headed out to the West Island, everything is now moving on the T-Can on the 20. Your routes into Laval are working. So is your route out to Rapontigny on the 40 East, which uh, did have an accident a little while ago, but it's all over and done with. Save money on gas every For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.20 on Today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you. And our guest this evening from Joe's Prop House, we have Joe Gatola and Maria Tsitsumas. Uh, Joe, Maria, welcome to CJD. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. Now, uh, what's the, Joe, I guess you're the Joe in Joe's Prop House. Yes, uh, I am. It sounds like an incredibly fun business, so let's get to know it a little bit. Uh, tell me exactly uh, what you do for a living and what is the Prop House? Well, basically, we are a furniture and decor rental company. Um, so basically, we're able to, uh, you know, decorate and furnish any party, any type of event. Uh, we're mostly, you know, known for the wedding industry. Um, like majority of our business is basically weddings. Uh, we do some corporate. Uh, we're trying to actually, you know, try to get more and more into the corporate industry, which is a little hard. But slowly, slowly, we're trying to, you know, we're starting to get known and people are, you know, word of mouth are, you know, getting, getting, you know. They're, they're getting there. They're starting to get, you know, know our name. Um, but basically, we can customize any event, even private parties, home parties. Um, that's basically, you know, the, the whole thing of it. Have you ever tried to get into that film side? Because Montreal has been on occasion known in the well, film. Well, you know, the Joe's Prop House, you know, hence the name Prop House. Mm -hmm. That's how we started this industry. We actually started off as a prop house. 
Um, so basically, seven years ago, when you know uh, my wife and I, um, she's the one that actually Maria gave me the idea to start this business. Uh, we started basically uh, purchasing furniture pieces, so any type of vintage piece, um, basically any prop item, any decor item. We we're basically just buying stuff, storing it, and with the idea of you know starting up a prop house to do. Um, basically, um, we started doing, uh, you know, film, real, photo yeah. shoots, TV commercials, things like that. Right. And then uh, window displays for stores. Um, and then, you know, word of mouth, people started coming to us for our sofas and, you know, asking us, hey, you know, we're getting married. We want to rent your sofa uh, for our head table. So that's where, you know, light went on in Maria's head and said, hey, this is a whole new industry for us. How about we get into the wedding industry? So we sat down and we started doing some research. And basically we said, uh, if we do go into this industry, um, let's be different. Let's offer what's not out there in Montreal. And that's where, uh, that's what we did. Is that where the kind of the retro furniture came into play? We well, actually started out with the Baroque collection. Okay. We right. were one of the first uh, rental companies to introduce that to the rental scene. And, uh, you know, five years ago, it was, wow, this is different. This is, everyone was used to the very clean contemporary lines, uh, you know, plexi bars and things like that. And we came out with furniture that was maybe furniture that you would find in your home, but we did it with a twist. So, for example, you'd have a broke sofa that you might find in your grandmother's house, but it was purple. Um, and people were immediately drawn to that because it was something new and different that they weren't used to. So it made their events unique and different. Right. And from that, we started developing different collections. Joe Gatola and Maria Tsumis with us from Joe's Prop House on today's Entrepreneur. More after the break at 723. Get an all-wood kitchen for less than half the retail price. Yes, Kitchen Wholesalers is now offering all-wood kitchens starting from only $2,900. It's like a dream come true. Visit kitchenwholesalers.ca or their showroom at 3479 Côte Vertu. What do you think inspires a Francisco Goya? Come to Madrid and see for yourself. Then walk in the footsteps of Salvador Dali on the streets of Barcelona with seasonal direct flights from Canada and high-speed trains to whisk you between Madrid and Barcelona. You won't miss a single art gallery, soaring cathedral, tapas bar, or Mediterranean wave. Spain has what you want. Spain has what you need. Start your journey online at spain.info. Hi, my name is Louis Rousseau. I'm an alpinist and athlete with the North Face. I've been climbing around the world for many years now, in high altitude and all kinds of tough environments. There is no guarantees during this kind of expedition. That's why I choose the North Face gear. It's designed for this kind of work and is guaranteed for life. Whatever your goal, you can find the largest selection of gear at the North Face Montreal stores in Westmount and now the new Brossard store in Square Distrand, owned and operated by Osommet. Visit osommet.ca for details. Cruise around in the car of your dreams thanks to LA Leasing, Montreal's pre-owned specialists. Mercedes, BMW, Porsche, Audi, all makes, all models. Financing too. Save thousands of dollars on low mileage, fully warranty cars. Click on laleasing.com. 
Growing up, I remember looking forward to the holiday season, the family gatherings, the excitement of giving and receiving gifts, and traditional holiday meals. I am Cyril Morgan. As the CEO of Welcome Home Mission, I am able to see the holidays through different eyes. For the homeless and hurting, Christmas is a painful time where loneliness and lack of resources are felt the most. For $2.97, you can provide a traditional holiday meal and other essential services for someone in need. Let this season be the start of a new beginning. Make a donation today at Welcome Home Mission for professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. A really fun-sounding business to end off our year on today's Entrepreneur. Our guests from Joe's Prop House, Joe Gatola and Maria Tsutsumis. And uh, Joe, you started the business about a year uh, before Maria got involved. And uh, Maria, perhaps uh, you want to talk a bit about your introduction to the business. You're bringing a whole different level of expertise, uh, a marketing knowledge that, that took the business in a different direction. Tell us about your, your entry into Joe's Prop House. Uh, basically, my background, I owned my own marketing and design uh, agency for seven years. And uh, during the course of my career, uh, we were always looking for suppliers and and props and furniture and things like that for photo shoots. There was a lack. There was, it was, there was nothing here in Montreal that we found that we could just go to a go-to guy. Um, and that's basically where I sat down with Joe and I said, you know what, Joe, how about we start this business? He looked at me and he says, you know, how much Are is this going to cost? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minimal investment is what I said to him. But uh, and so that's where we started and, and we really developed together. And I've been involved since um, more so from the marketing uh, perspective and uh, really branding Joe's Prop House and putting us out there and she's basically the creative genius behind Joe's prop house. I'll, I'll say that as, as most women are. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so I'm, I'm curious, you know, let's stay on the marketing theme. When you first launched Joe's prop house, what did you do to get people to know that you existed? We put together a teaser package. Mm. Um, we put together a target list and, uh, we actually targeted, um, a lot of the art directors of retailers that photographers, photographers uh, yeah. planners, anybody who's really looking for props or that's hosting an event or a launch party of some sort. And uh, we put together a program where each day we would send them a different box until we sent them the last box, which really introduced Joe's Prop House. And, which was uh, a miniature sofa, which is kind of cool, you know? Yeah, it was a miniature sofa. And uh, from there, we launched our website, and uh, we basically got phone calls. Do you use, did you use social media back then? Like, how, how, on, how much did you push your, your online versus... Not really. Back then, we just had a website. Yeah. Um, there was no Instagram back then. Mm -hmm. Um there wasn't even Facebook, I don't think. No, we didn't know. And is that part of your marketing plan today? Yes, yes, absolutely. very much. Absolutely. Instagram and Facebook is a big part of our uh, of our company now. Everybody is looking for that instant gratification. They're looking for what's new, just you know, right off their t fingertips. So uh, the minute we do something great, we post it. Uh, the minute we've met somebody new, we post it. Do you feel? But have you kept that? That physical creativity, you know, that first aspect where you were sending people actual hard physical things that they could touch. Have you, do you, have you kept that? Do you lose it? What, how do you feel that that's kind of got lost? It kind of got lost. 
it got lost along yeah. the way. But, um, you know, if there's something big that we want to announce, I think it's it's a strategy that we would continue and we would explore for sure. Definitely. So now part of it is certainly making sure you have the right products and the right, you yes. know, the right look, the unique look. Is that something that you constantly evolve? You constantly change your products. You mentioned Baroque earlier. Constantly. Oh, definitely. I mean, every every season uh, we try to come up with a new item. Uh, you know, try to be in trend and see what's up and coming. So we try to stay ahead of everybody else, and uh, you know that's what pretty much keeps us ahead. You know, seeing what's the new trend and upcoming trend, and uh, and we roll with it. You know, uh, but like you know, like I mentioned, like she is a creative genius behind it. Um, so basically she, you know, majority of our stuff that we have, she custom designs it herself and basically we get, we put it in production. So whatever pops into her head, you know, the upcoming trend, she puts it on paper and Hey, what about this? Let's make this. And I'm sure it changes year in, year out. You're trying to add, you're trying to, trying to you mix to try it up. To, right. And, and there's no question there is an inventory management because yes. items yes. grow. So when we come back from the break, hold that thought. Right. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about managing your, all these SKUs and inventory and growing without kind of letting some stuff go. Sounds great. Joe Gatola and Maria Tsitsumas from Joe's Prop House here on Today's Entrepreneur at 7.30. CJAD 800 News with Kelly Leparic. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller and our guests tonight, Joe Catola and Maria Tsitsumas of Joe's Prop House. And uh, well, let's talk about inventory now for a bit, Josh. And maybe Joe Maria, uh, just a quick question off the bat here. What is, is there one piece, one item in Joe's prop house that either of you like the best? Wow, that's a good question. What's the best item that we like? Um, Joe, I stop can, looking at Maria. Yeah, I know? can tell you what the <laughs> first item we purchased was. That I remember very vividly. Oh, uh, the crib. It was a baby's crib. Yeah. yeah, a very vintage baby's crib. And this green damask, very old sofa. Um, but as far as our favorite, I mean, we have favorites as we move along, mm -hmm. you know, as we design new things that becomes I love our, our favorite. bars. I really love our bars. Yeah. Yeah. Every bar we design, I pretty, I love it. Yeah. So I think that would be my favorite pieces. Now, do you keep everything that you've made over the years? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have, you, you don't sell My it off afterwards or. So I'm a pack rat. She's a what? Sorry. A hoarder. Hoarder. Okay. Hoarder. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, we don't, we don't throw out anything because basically we can pretty much use anything for any event that we do. We try to incorporate a lot of pieces for weddings that we do, uh, corporate events that we do um, to make it, you know, that customized event. So that's why we pretty much don't get rid of anything. But at, the, you never know. At, the, at the top of the show, we were talking about space in Montreal and how thankfully there's a little bit more space for companies. I mean, do you have to worry about space? Uh, I, I know you Constantly. just keep and you'll, you'll, you'll find spots in every Constantly nook and cranny. Yeah, struggling. we're pretty much to the rafters now, you know. But yeah, we're constantly struggling with space in our, in our, uh, in our company right now. Yeah. And what about from a, a finance aspect? You know, do you find that it's it's worthwhile to keep the goods and you will eventually reuse them versus trying to sell them or break them apart and make something else See, not really I, worth it to you? I think that's what uh, where Maria and I told you know differ sometimes because I would look at it as hey 
you know, it's a while we had this piece to try to make money off of Let's try to sell it. Whereas she's, no, 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 we can use this and try to re-rent it and still keep on making money, you know? So I look at it as, let's try to sell it, collect some money and let's purchase something new. You know, so that's where we kind of, you know, bump heads on, on you know, on that topic. Because the thing is, trends always come back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's in today is going to be out tomorrow, but two years down the road, guess what? We're going to need that piece again. So um, I find there's a lot of value in keeping older pieces that are rarer to find. You know, there's more and more um, just regular furniture pieces that are out there that you could buy that anybody could buy. But when it comes to vintage pieces... I think uh, they're worth holding on to. So basically, I'm not allowed to throw anything away. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Where, wherever. And when you have a piece, that, a piece that's really uh, special to you, do you sort of? Uh, I mean, how do, you, how do you do you get nervous sometimes when you lend out all yes. these these special Definitely pieces? Definitely all yes. the time. I think every piece that goes out, we kind of <laughs> cringe and say, "Oh my god, I hope it comes back in one piece." You know? We joke. We have an R.I.P. collection right, because some things collection. don't make it back in one piece. So uh, it kind of goes into that. Uh, into that file, but uh, we do some pieces. Which are... we do rent those RIP pieces. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for photo shoots and stuff. Some people want broken items. You, you never know what so, comes back. Yeah. Right. You, you, you mentioned before, uh, Joe, that there are certain things that you guys differ on. Uh, how do you work out your differences <laughs> at the office? We'll say. At the office, look, we have our shouting matches, as every partner does. But I guess because we're a husband and wife, uh, we feel more comfortable to express ourselves. You know. <laughs> But we came to a realization where we kind of have to, you know, step, step out of back. the room and say, look, we can't do this in front of the employees. Let's take a step back. Let's talk about it and discuss, you know, our roles. Like, you know, we kind of give each other our our tasks in the company. Like, I'll take care of, you know, one thing. Mm-hmm. You take care of this, you know, like I'll take care of half of the company. You take care of this half. So we, you know, we're strongly working on that every day. It's a challenge, but we're really working on it every day. You, you mentioned employees, so let's kind of jump into human resources because it's uh, you know every business needs its its strong team around them. Definitely. Uh, what will, you know? I don't know how how many employees do you have approximately? Uh, Ren and I were what eight employees, um, and I have to say that we have a great team. My my guys there are fantastic. We finally got a team where you know we can rely on that are very respectful. Uh, we have uh, our employee Patty, who's our front, uh, you know, our front runner, and you know keeps the company rolling. She's fantastic. Like we're we're blessed to have her. What what management style? Like what style do you use with them? Are you kind of a dictator? Or are you more of an uh, all inclusive? What? What's worked for you? Maria and I are different, and you know, and as you know, I'm more of the easygoing boss. I won't yell at you. I won't, you know, I'm kind of easygoing and let things go and let things slide. But the only thing I ask of them is, hey, if I respect you. You respect me. If I ask something, you you know, just get it done, you know, and you just, you know, you're going to get rewarded at the end, you know, and that's, I strongly believe that I'm not better than you just because I'm your boss. I'm not higher than you just because I'm your boss, you know, like we're equals. It's just that's the, the main important thing for me is respect. We have respect. We have a great thing going. I think the difference between Joe and I is that I'm a little bit more demanding. Yeah. There's a certain level that I want to maintain and I want the employees to realize that we are offering a luxury product and service needs to be just as luxurious. So, exactly. um, yeah. So Joe, are you as easygoing with your customers too? Very. I'm very easygoing with our customers. I think um, we kind of have, you know, they're split. You know, we have customers that would rather deal with me because I'm more easygoing and more lenient. Uh, <laughs> and then some don't want to deal with Maria because she's a bit tougher than I am. Because of your style. Yes. yes. Clients, yeah. ever, clients ever screw you? 
Yes, definitely. I mean, they take oh, advantage of, yes, of your definitely. niceness, Goodness, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. That's my, I think that's my weakness is uh, I'm sometimes a little too good. I'm a little too um, trusting into clients. And that's where you kind of get, you know, uh, I basically, I got to, you know, grow thicker skin, you know. And maybe set up a couple of extra processes so it takes you out of the picture a little bit yeah. when you're when you're dealing with it. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. As you, I guess, uh, as you look back, uh, you know, in just our last moment, uh, is there anything you would have done differently with the knowledge that you have today? Anything I would have done differently? Um, the only thing is, like I said, I would be a tougher person. I would tell myself, Joe, you got to be tougher. You know, I think that's the only thing I would change. But uh, besides that, no, I mean, everything is, you know, the way we proceeded, we learned and we're still learning. And, and uh, you know, we've yeah. grown at a nice pace. Um, I think if we would have had more success earlier on, I'm not sure if we would have handled it as well as we do today. Right. So I think, um, you know, we've pretty much grown at a nice steady pace and we've built strong relationships with clients and, uh, and we hope to keep on growing at this steady space. Yeah. Yeah. The, the controlled, controlled growth route. Yeah. Right. Exactly. More with Joe and Maria and we'll bring in Stephanie Darwish as well from Fuller Landau. Talk about uh, Christmas marketing for companies. That's on the way at uh, 7.45. CJAD 800 traffic with Curiego. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.50 on today's Entrepreneur, and joining us in studio from Joe's Prop House, Joe Gatola and Maria Tsitsumis, and we'll bring in Stephanie Darwish as well, a marketing expert with Fuller Landau, talk about uh, holiday marketing. Stephanie, welcome back. Welcome, thank you. Holiday cards, specifically, a, a bit of a pain point, I think, for a lot of people who have to do them, and I'm kind of talking about this maybe a little bit too late, because if you haven't started your holiday printer e-cards by now, then... These are really tips for next year, I'd say. But if you oh, haven't done it yet, late. by all means. I was going to do it tomorrow. Uh, is it my, my, my yeah, <laughs> too, too, too to-do list for Wednesday. <laughs> okay, not so I'm late too. then. You have, you have a day then left over. So, we're, so there's certain, listen, there's two options. You yeah. do it online, you send it by email, or you do the printed cards. So the e-card, I love the e-card. It's efficient, and you can really get creative with e-cards, right? You can have animations, you can have, uh, you can make a short movie, you can do everything, and most importantly for me is that it's trackable, so you actually see if people are opening them and if they're interacting, you can measure that. Um, and you're spending costs on the creative now instead of spending costs on postage. You're going to spend money on the e-card, or you're going to spend money on the holiday card regardless. If it's print, you're paying print costs and you're paying stamps. Uh, e-cards, take that money, do something super cool with it, and you can send it to way more people. All they need is an email address, so that's why I like e-cards. Uh, but certainly the logistics of it are very different between the e-card and the, and the, very, the hard copy card. And the logistics for the e-card are, again, much easier. I mean, I don't want to poo-poo the uh, print card too much, but the print card has its, has its uses. And a lot of people like print cards because it is a more personal touch, right? It's a handwritten note by somebody who has been providing a service to you. So there, there is a place for the print card. But the e-card process is as long as you have an up-to-date database with the email addresses you're good to go. You don't need to go around finding signatures from anybody who uh, deals with that client. You don't have to worry to make sure not everybody's getting it twice. If people get two emails, it's not the worst thing in the world, but the chances of that happening are really rare as well. Maria, Joe, what do you what do you guys do? Do you guys send out Christmas cards, e-cards, regular? Definitely. Or will you? <laughs> yeah, Christmas cards are definitely on our list. 
Um, e e e Christmas cards or more the hard copy ones. Paper, yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah. Write a message, sign them personally with a gift. We send it to uh, you know majority of our clients. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. with a gift. That is very classy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, you know, the, the like a little mini sofa, going. a little Baroque, a <laughs> yeah, little yeah, mini yeah. sofa. <laughs> I think it's bigger than that usually, but uh, yeah, you know, you have to, you have to say thank you to the guys that, you know, keep you going and uh, keep you bringing you regular business. It's a way of showing our appreciation to our clients. Yeah. You know, so, sometimes I wonder, and, and you know, you, you get a lot of e-cards on, but do you really look at them? Do you click through them? Do you kind of just get it? You read the the headline and you see, okay, Joyeuse Fête uh, from who who is this? And you say, okay, great, and kind of delete it, knowing it came in. Guilty. And that's 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 mm. where I, you know, the personalized card yeah. I think uh, adds a little bit more. So maybe when we come back from the break, we can kind of elaborate on that a little bit. We'll also get to Joan Maria's one. Maria here from Joe's Prop House. Stephanie with uh, on marketing, holiday marketing specifically. And uh, so I think this this week must be the, the last week. I mean, if you can't get something out this week, then just... I, I think, especially Hanukkah starts tomorrow night, I believe. <laughs> um, so you want to really try and hit everybody's holiday season. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to get it out this week. And do we go with the happy holidays versus the Merry Christmas? I'm a Merry huge Christmas, advocate happy of the happy holidays, yeah. season's greetings. The non-denominational. Snowflakes, right. moose, non-denominational imagery. <laughs> moose. Moose is very important. It's wintertime. There's snow. So before before we left on break, we were talking about the personalized handwritten cards versus the, the cluttering of the inbox with the email. What's your take on I, that? I want to disagree with you, but I can't <laughs> because it's true. Inbox clutter is a real thing. If you're going to get holiday e-cards all the time, you'll get a bunch of them. And what stands out is that handwritten note that someone took the time to send you. So while some people throw out uh, printed cards very quickly, I do think it, it, it stands out a bit more. And I wonder if today the number of handwritten cards that people receive are, are so much fewer than it used to be that maybe it does stand out a little bit more that people actually took the time. Right. Now, again, you do actually have to take the time and, and, and write it and design the card and make sure your lists are up to date. But then there's managing the list, right? At, at the end of this whole process, you got to manage your list. Yes, and that's something that's a, really a all-year-long process is managing your database, whether it, even just for print cards and their addresses. Uh, a clean database is an effective database. So... That's something you want to take care of 12 months a year. Words to live by. And as that's your one Great piece of advice. advice for today's entrepreneur. And as we get to, to that part of the show, we're going to turn to uh, both uh, Maria and Joe. And, uh, and we'll start with Maria, the, uh, the la- ladies first, and the one who, who guides Joe, certainly gave him the, the inspiration for this business. And, say, and I, Maria, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Whatever business you're in, make sure you do it with passion. I think if you're passionate about what you do, you will be successful. And no matter what struggles you face along the way, um, don't let them bring you down. Just learn from them and keep going. And I think uh, that's a winning formula. Excellent. And as we turn to Joe, what would be uh, your one piece of advice for today? My one, you know what? I'll give you two. Um... Let's be creative. Keep on being creative, which keeps you on top. And second advice is being partnership with your wife. Just listen to your wife and you're going to go far. Uh, certainly after you make that comment, there's no question about it. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Dan, uh, you know, thank you, the, the, 
what I kind of my takeaway from today was a little bit of what we talked about at the beginning. We kind of glossed over it a little bit when they were talking about uh, the start of their business, how how Joe's Prop House started and kind of the film and the and the shoots and all that. And then they they graduated, they moved on to corporate events and weddings. And I think that brings back the topic of reinventing yourself and how entrepreneurs can never stand still. They might have had a plan at the beginning and where do we go and what do we aim for? Uh, but clearly that that there was a different direction that had to take place because there's only so much that a sector or industry can handle, at least in their business. Right. And they had the ability and the nimbleness to move in that direction. I, kudos to them for that. Joan Maria from Joe's Prop House. Thanks for stopping by, CJD.